Hello, Steve. Yeah, hello. How, how are you? <laughs> He's gone already, look. I'm delirious. I'm delirious and it's only quarter past ten in the morning. I don't know where it comes from. I think you have an effect on me. <laughs> I, I am starting to think that. And I don't quite know how because I have very little. That effect doesn't work in this house. Everybody's, every, no. everybody is grumpy. Oh, must um, be being up, up, being up north. Up we'll north, do that. Up north. Um, we're, we're, this is a little purple extra. It's the, it's the second odds and sodcast, so we can be a little bit freer with our approach. Ooh, can we be often blind? Uh, we, well, we've been doing that anyway, actually. Uh, all right. Um, um, but we can, if you'd like. Um, no, no, not, not, not for the sake not of it. Not for the sake I of mean, it. No, it's got to be contextual. There's no excuse for that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. um, so we're already a bit giddy because the conversation got a bit out of hand straight away when we weren't recording. Uh, in fact, we must talk about you and being a squirrel, but we'll do that at a later date. <laughs> Come back to, to you as a squirrel. Um so, um, what we thought we'd do in this odds and sods? I know, I know, we said odds and sod. I know what we said last time we'd bring you some extra diary entries, and you'd actually recorded the second bit of the Japan diary for me, hadn't you? Mm, I did, yes, I did a bit more of Osaka, losing my phone and all of that. I think that went in there. But, um, but last week when we recorded what is chapter nine, um, we did a whole section on Pascal Chauvet that we Pascal didn't use. Chauvet. In the podcast, um, because we thought it was a bit of a duplicate of some of the stuff that was in the diary reading. Yeah, I did sort of outline some of it in there, but but it's hilarious. But it is hilarious, <laughs> and, and 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 the voices. Let me tell you, purple folks, the voices that that Mister H does are spectacular. They're the best so far, and very accurate. Uh, they are the best so far. So what we thought we'd do is we thought we'd roll over with the Japan Diary for uh, for, for this month and, and shove that in next month because we thought we'd bring you this extra 20 minutes that's been cut out of the podcast proper. Um, but it is really, really, really good. So uh, we're going to do that. And then what we'll do is we'll we'll do that and we'll come back and uh, and we'll have a little a little natter about other other stuff. Uh, is there anything you want to add as a sort of a a, a pricey to this age, or are you just going to let it go out and it's what it's to the whole story? Well, no, just what? just anything else you'd thought about, or should we just just roll it and see what happens? Yeah, yeah, let's just let's just do that. We'll do that. In which case, then I was going to say run VT, but that's videotape, isn't it? I just want, oh, could I say a, a little thank you to? Yeah, of course to you can. I've been getting an awful lot of messages lately. Which was partly my fault because I I put out a blanket message to all of my Patreon subscribers, just saying you know if you haven't yet sent me your birthday, uh, please do, if you're purple, um, and it must be the way I worded it or a breakdown in the language barrier or something. But I'm not kidding you. Every single bloody person has replied to that, um, even all the ones whose birthdays I already had have sent me them again um, as though I was asking for them just anyway for the hell of it and so I've barely been able to function because my email inbox has been completely rammed with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages giving me birthdays I've already got but in addition to giving me birthdays I'd already got everybody was was so sweet and you know was uh, 
with Sam. Really, really loving this podcast and is brightening up what otherwise would be a fairly miserable week. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm listening to it on my way to work or I'm listening to it while I'm out walking and it's, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking forward to it each week and, uh, it's brightened my life. And thanks a lot. And I had the most amazing, amazing message from a girl in Australia called Claudia that was nothing short of poetry. I must send it to you, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah please and do. It, it was beautiful and moving. And, um, you know, not just about the podcast, but about the music and the words I've written over the years. So uh, I was really touched uh, by that. And I immediately sent her a birthday card, even though it wasn't her birthday. Oh, <laughs> just a sort of happy on birthday. Oh, you know. that's nice. Was that many? The, was that Winnie the Pooh that had an on birthday? I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, I think it might or was have it been. Alice? Might have been Alice in Wonderland. There was an on birthday thing. So, of course, I've ruined the surprise now because it's probably still not got there. But it's in the post. Yeah, but. It's a, it's still a lovely thing. It, do you know what? There's such an amount of warmth for this. I'm I've I mean because I'm getting people uh, send me messages on Facebook and things, and it is it's it genuinely does seem to be brightening people's people's lives, which is yeah which is really yeah. Nice. I think it's a combination of things, isn't it? I think it's the times we're living in are mm. are weird times, and so I think there's a bit of an undercurrent of a slight feeling of depression. Um, at the back of people's minds, and there there is one at the back of my mind. It's only, it's only a wafer, but it sits there, you know. Um, and I so want it all to be over, you know. Um, and I'm sure, and of course it will be, but I want it to be over asap. I'm sick of it, and I, you know, I want to get back out and do some do some shows again. But yeah, getting a lot of love, and thank you to everyone. Who's uh, who's sent me uh, a love message? But for God's sake, don't send me any more. <laughs> if, if you've expressed your feelings already, then then I'm joking, of course. I, I remember Ringo going. Uh, I just want to say to everybody with with love, not to write to me anymore. I remember him saying that on the radio and thinking, "Well, you miserable bugger." Yeah, yeah. Well, he was he was never my favourite Beatle. Uh, so, so there. Right, go on then. We'll run Pascal. And we'll... Question, do you think Ringo Starr's the best drummer in the world? Paul McCartney. I don't think Ringo's the best drummer in the Beatles. It's a good line, that. I don't know if that's true even. but oh, It has God, to be, because it's too good a line it's not harsh. to be true. It's too good a line not to be true. Right, go on then. We'll run Pascal and we'll have a little chat after that. Uh, so, uh, four, three, two, one. There's also a little segment. There's also that little bit about Pete looking shifty and getting hauled over for a, a full a full body search. And you said to me rather cryptically, oh, "Say to me, Pascal, Pascal Chauvet." Yeah, my God, how long have we got? What? What we were in Amsterdam once, uh, doing promotion on you know interview tour, and our manager John Arneson always used to come with us for whatever reason. Um, and if he couldn't come with us, he would send a girl called Louise Vase, uh, who worked for EMI, and she was our international sort of interview babysitter person. 
um, back in those days, if you you know if you went to Vienna or Amsterdam or Cologne or Paris or wherever you went to do interviews, Louise would come too. You know, just to sort of coordinate things, and here's the next, here's the next journalist now, and this journalist has had enough. I'm sorry, but your time is up, and off you go. And here's the next journalist, and she would ferry them in and out, and uh, she would phone us and phone us and make sure we got up in the morning, you know, and all those things that um, normal grown-up people are supposed to be able to do for themselves. <laughs> that the music business assumes artists just aren't going to get yeah. together, and usually quite rightly. So somebody has to go as well. On this occasion, I think it was on the Afraid of Sunlight um, promotional tour, um, EMI had kind of given up on us and had decided, you know, we weren't worth spending a lot of money on anymore. And they, they were they was cutting everything back. And Louise was told she couldn't come. We were in Amsterdam, and uh, yeah, I think John came with us to Amsterdam because Louise was told she couldn't come or, or there wasn't a budget. And then we had to go to Geneva to do Swiss interviews. And normally, I normally I was always paired up with Mark Kelly because we were considered the two sort of gab, gabbiest sort of members of the band and were perhaps the best value. Um, don't know that that's true. I mean, Mosley's great value, but he just refuses to do it. Um, Pete's also great value in his own way. And um, so on this particular occasion, it was decided me and Pete would go to Geneva from Amsterdam. And John had something else on, and he said, look, I can't come with you, so you're just going to have to go on your own. But you know, what can possibly go wrong? It was one of those. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong, even though you'll be on your own. Here, this was pre-internet and, and um, you know, online tickets. You actually ha- had to have air tickets, floppy things, you know, that you held in your hand. Um, here are the air tickets. You get it. So he gives the air tickets to... He gave him. He, he kind of looked at me and Pete, and did the. You could see him thinking, "Oh Christ, I'm between the devil and the deep blue sea here with these two. I'm not giving him to H because he'll have lost him before he even leaves the hotel. I'll give him to Pete." So he gives the air tickets to Pete, and um, off we go. And we get on the plane from Amsterdam. We go to the airport. Pete puts the tickets down, lovely. We, uh, neither of us have lost our passports. All, all's going very well. Oh, oh and, and nothing can go wrong because at the airport, at the other end, at Geneva Airport, the EMI, uh, the EMI um, rep, what, what they call marketing rep, Pascal Chouvet, is going to meet you off the plane and take you to the hotel. Happy days. So we go to so we fly to 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 Geneva. The two of us, we get our suitcases off the carousel. We walk through customs. Pete trousers is promptly lifted and taken straight into a side room, as he always is, because he looks shifty. Um, so I go out into arrivals and wait for him to turn up. Um, so I wait for a bit, you know, while they're rifling through all his stuff. <laughs> And uh, he eventually appears looking very frazzled and harassed and, you know, just generally 
you know, having been victimised, you know, why is it always me? Why is it always me? So, well, you look like you've committed some monster crime all the time. That's why, Pete. Um, so, right, let's find this Pascal Chauvet. So we're looking around the arrivals hall. Is he there? Uh-uh. So I say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do, Pete? We haven't got anybody to babysit us. We're, we're you know, we're, we're going to have to be like grown-ups and everything. This guy just hadn't arrived. So Pete says to me, have you got, you know, did you have a fax or anything? Do we know what hotel we're staying in? I went, well, no, I've no bloody idea. So he said, oh, neither have I. I said, oh, that's interesting then, isn't it? We'll wait a bit longer. So we waited a bit longer. This guy's bound to turn up, isn't he? He's bound to turn up. Um, anyway, he didn't. And uh, if Pete found in his inside pocket some rolled up bit of paper that John had given him that he'd forgotten John had given him, and it was a it was a fax and it had got the hotel on it. It got it was a sort of a, a schedule of where we were going. So um, neither of us had any money, so I had to go and get some cash out so we could get a taxi into town. So we get a taxi into Geneva. We go into this hotel that Pete's got written on his fax, and we go hello. Steve Hogarth, Peter Travers, checking in. This they'd never heard of us. They'd got no reservation. Right. Oh. Mm. So Pete was getting more and more, you know, rattled. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do, Pete. I said, go into the. Re- I said, do you have a restaurant? They said, yes. Yeah. Is it open? They said, yes. Yeah. Is it right? Go into the restaurant. Sit down. Order the most expensive thing on the menu and order the most expensive bottle of wine that they have and put your feet up and leave it to me. So I, I, I go and I, I find a payphone. It's all pre-mobile and all of that. I find a payphone and I phone London and I phone EMI in London. And uh, you know, could I speak to Louise Vase, please? And Louise comes on the phone. I said, hello, Louise. It's Steve H. Uh, Pete and I are just in Geneva. Um, Pascal Chauvet, who was supposed to turn up at the airport to, to, to take us into town, never showed up, and we don't know where he is. We've checked into the... Uh, we, we've come to the, the hotel that we're supposed to be staying in. They've never heard of us. I said, um, I've just instructed Pete to order the most expensive thing on the menu in the restaurant and the most expensive bottle of wine. Neither of us have got any money, so next time you hear from us we're probably going to be arrested and in jail. Bye. <laughs> and I just put the phone down because I knew she would go mental at the other end. Um, and I went and joined him for lunch. <laughs> so we both had a slap-up lunch in this restaurant, wait, waiting for something to happen. And sh- sure enough, um, after about 40 minutes, um, the the... The guy from reception, uh, Monsieur says, if one call for you, and I go, I go back to the reception, and it's Louise. And she, oh my God! Oh my God! Don't worry! Don't worry! Don't worry! I've sorted it all out. We've paid the bill for the, we've paid the bill for your lunch, and I've, oh, um, oh yeah, the hotel was full. We couldn't get a room in the hotel. I've sorted out another hotel. It's just down the road. So me and Pete take our suitcases and we trundle them down the road to this other hotel. And uh, we get to this other hotel. Uh, oh, and she says, and I've spoken to uh, EMI in Switzerland, and uh, 
they're trying to work out what's happened to Pascal. He, he'll no doubt call you. He's got all the new numbers and just sit tight and wait. So we get to this new hotel and we check in and we wait. And does he call? No, he doesn't. So we wait for about 40 minutes. We're supposed to be doing interviews this whole time. We're conscious of the schedule, but nothing, nothing's happened. So I said, what are we so Pete phones me up. He said, have you heard anything? I said, no. I've, what are you doing? So he said, well, nothing. I said, should we go out? It was a lovely day. So he says, do you think we should? I said, yeah, I think we should. So off we went. So we go out and we we found a bar overlooking the lake, you know, with the big fountain and everything in the sun in the sunshine. So we we sat and had a couple of beers, <laughs> and uh, after about an hour went by, you know, I said, "Should we go back?" And see? He's he's bound to have called by now. Uh, so we go back to the hotel. He hasn't called. So what the fucking hell are we doing here? Um, so I went back to my room. And then the phone rang, and um, I said, hello, and there's this woman. She goes, hello? Hello, she says, hello, uh, is that uh, Steve Ogas? I go, oh, yeah. She says, uh, I am, uh, I can't remember what she was called, Muriel or whatever, you know, something French. I am uh, Muriel. I am the wife of Pascal Chauvet. I go, oh, very pleased to meet you. I says, where the bloody hell's he then? Oh, he says he is very sorry, but he is very busy at the office, and uh, he, he 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 was a little late leaving, and he had uh, a problem with uh, the car. It broke down on the way to the airport to meet you, but uh, everything is okay, and he will uh, he will be in touch, and he's going to uh, come to the hotel tonight at five o'clock. I said, oh, really? So. Um, Oh, it looks like we got the day off then. So that was his wife. He'd, he'd, he'd somehow instructed his wife to get into... Because he didn't want to talk to us. So then it gets to five o'clock and we go downstairs because we've been told he's arriving at five. Nothing happened. So we go back to our rooms and at half past seven we get another call and it's him. And he's arrived in reception. And... Uh, he said, he said, and he was a funny little character. He had sort of little badges down his lapels, which is never a good sign. Um, and he'd got this girl with him who was not his wife. And she was Icelandic and absolutely mental. I mean, a real character. And he said, Pascal, I'm sorry about earlier today, but it's been a difficult day. And uh, I, I, I take you to dinner. So we go, well, all right. Um, and this is uh, whoever she was, this Icelandic woman. I'm thinking, well, that's not the missus. What are you up to, sunshine? So so we go off to, we go off, <laughs> he takes us to this restaurant. And we go in, and first we go into this bar that is in the, in the underneath the restaurant. And uh, he says, oh, this is my friend, the barman. Uh, order anything you like. So we order some drinks. And to what shake hands with the barman, and we, and then he, and then we have dinner. And the whole time we're having dinner, this mad Icelandic girl's just going in my ear. I just thought, I've got to get away from this. Um, so it gets to about midnight, and I thought, I'm, 
you know, I've, I'm going to go back to the hotel and go to bed. And I could see Pascal and Pete hadn't, still hadn't really got started. It was going to be a long night. That was the old Pete, the one that used to drink loads. And So in the morning, I I get up and I go downstairs and we're supposed to start the promotion at noon. That's how it's all been left. So I go down to the reception in this hotel, noon, about quarter past twelve, Pete arrives. I don't I'm not sure he's been to bed, but if he has, he's had about ten minutes sleep. And he looks like Richard the Third. He's just he's he's got the <laughs> he's got the bit one shoulder up and the head over and he's a total casualty. I just think, Well, you're not gonna be much use to anybody today, are you? He was he was a wreck of a man. Um Pascal Chauvet never turned up. So, after a while, we got a phone call from, I think that might have been um, Louise again in London, said, uh, oh, the promotion is happening back at the hotel that you thought you were supposed to be checked into in the first place. Can you make your way back there? Right, okay. So we go to this other hotel, and, and when we get there, there's all these journalists lined up waiting to talk to us, but there's nobody from EMI. And they're all going, where's Pascal? And we're going, well, we don't know. Um, and then after about half an hour, the barman from the bar, Pascal's friend, who was serving the drinks, he turns up. Hello, uh, I am here on behalf of Pascal Chauvet. He says he is very busy and uh, I will do the promotion today. So I was thinking, what? That's just the bloke that works in the bar. All right? Knock yourself out. So he did it, and to be fair, he did a very good job of it. You know, and he was shuffling the journalists in, showing sure, time's up and out, and the next one in and out. And in. So this barman did it all. And then about halfway through the afternoon, I I'm, asked, I'm could, could you come to the phone? There's a phone call. So uh, it's... Um, Oh, hang on a minute, let me get this right. No, that's right. They asked the barman to go to the... Could could the barman go to the phone, please? Uh, so he goes to the phone, and then he comes back, white as a sheet. And he says... Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, I have to tell you, and I am very sorry, I have known Pascal for many years, but he has had the breakdown nervous, and he has been fired from EMI. So he'd had a nervous breakdown and been fired. <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy we were supposed to be working with. So he had a nervous <laughs> breakdown and got fired. The barman finished the promotion. And then at six in the evening, um, a woman called Gabby Weiss, who was uh, from she EMI, were based in Zurich, uh, she came. She got the train from Zurich, and she came and picked us up and restored sanity to everything. Um, and that was the Pascal Chauvet day. I don't know what he's doing now. He's probably running a record label. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the whole breakdown nervous. He had the breakdown nervous. I never heard his. <laughs> I have known Pascal for many years. I had never heard him like this. 
He said he has had the breakdown, nervous, and he is fired from EMI. Or maybe he'd resigned. He has resigned from EMI, but he basically left. And that was that. Oh, oh, hang on. And then um, <laughs> I missed one detail. So then we uh, we go to we go to Zurich with Gab- with Gabby. We do another day in promotion. Uh, and of course, I've got to add that the day of promotion that the barman handled in Geneva, I did whilst Pete was just slumped over a table. And they would ask Pete a question and he'd just go, Ugh. and I would answer it. So that whole day I was on my own with this kind of corpse um, that had been Pete of us. And then Gabby put us on a train back to Zurich in the, in the evening. And we got up and did the promotion in Zurich the day after. And then we, and then we went to the airport to fly home and Pete had lost the air tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I, find, I find it hard to believe that with that story that Pete is surprised when he gets pulled going through airports. But... <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> No, you I know. know. Um, <laughs> he was legendary. Uh, well, he's not like that at <laughs> all. Depending on, depending on how much we have to edit, it'll depend on how much you've heard of that story. <laughs> um, but, um, well, I've got one more question to ask, but do you know what? I'm going to leave it to next time because I can still ask it next time round, and I don't know if I can top that. There's no following so, Pascal Schubert, trust me. No, what no, and what a great name! Um, <laughs> oh dear, what can possibly? Well, nothing I- can go wrong. You'll be met at the airport. <laughs> okay, right, alone. I, I feel quite worn out now. I think I'm going to have to go and sit down in a in a quiet, darkened room. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I hope you're still enjoying it. And if you do know Pascal Chauvet, do send him my regards. Yes, yes. Yes, if you do, we'd love to hear. We'd love to. In fact, we could. He could even be the first guest on the extra guest on the podcast if he's if he's still and, and his dear ex-wife. Yes, who's clearly his ex-wife by now. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Post Pascal, and I love that section. I think it's, I think it's really funny, and I think the voices are great. Mike Yarwood esque for those of us of a certain age. There, what a day that was! Honestly, I'm sure I've even forgotten bits, but it was just the maddest day. Did I mention that I'd left me camera or my sunglasses in that bar as well? Now, I mean, for on an on a normal day, that would have been an event. But it never, it never even got, you know, got over the radar that because it was just such a mad, mad day. Well, moving is on slightly um, because you are sat there with your pop shield, and I've got one more thing to say to to to, to kind of finalise this this odds and sodcast for this uh, for this this time, which is that Ian Maidley, Ian from Manchester. Ian Marillion Maidley, as he puts himself on Facebook, Ian the man, yeah, uh, has, has been in touch. Well. Has been in touch because he noted that Francis Dunnery, who's the It Bites fella, isn't he? Uh, oh, yes. 
Um, and I've met Francis a few times, actually. Um, yeah, you think I'm crazy. Jesus Christ. Well, well I wasn't going to say anything, but he is out there. He's definitely yeah. out there. Um, he is. His, his podcast is called the Big Purple Castle Podcast. Oh. So Ian pointed out that oh hang on a minute hang on a minute H trailblazing here and 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 then and then Francis pops in behind but then Ian wasn't finished Ian wasn't finished apparently <laughs> apparently Giles Brandreth and Susie oh. Dent of no. uh, of whatever that program oh. is oh I like Susie Dent yeah she's she's very good yeah. and she's very good she's, on Twitter actually she's very funny she's got a certain but, something but their podcast is called something rhymes with purple oh so. There's the three. We've started a we've started a thing, um, mm. and 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 you are now you are now the filling in a Francis Donnery Susie Dent sandwich. That's a dangerous place to be, and I don't know what that makes Giles. Whether he's the pickle, <laughs> I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure. Um, <laughs> and I don't really no, that no that no that's a dangerous place to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't quite. I mean, bless him. He's he's good with knitwear. But um, I don't Vanessa know. Vanessa likes him. She thinks she's great. No, I think Susie's fine. Her, her Twitter, if you don't follow her on Twitter, she's very funny. She has a knack of finding the right word for the right day, normally about um, a, a fairly scandalous politician. Uh, she's, oh. often, she's often finding the right words to describe a situation that maybe the likes of Dominic or Boris have found themselves in. So uh, so mm. we like Susie. I like Susie very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we'll wrap up this little. Uh, we'll wrap up number two, uh, June's odds and sodcast. Hope you enjoyed the Pascal Chauvet story. I think that's superb. Um, and and we'll 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 have another one of these for you next month, and then there'll be a Q and A, a purple Q and A coming for you as well uh, before the before the end of June. Um, mm. and, that, and that's kind of it. Unless you've got anything, I can see actually. Just by the side of you, H, a whole pile of your postcards as well. They're all stacked. Oh, you've not seen one of these yet, have you? I yeah. should really, I should really just put. A, there they are. Look. Yeah, they are. They, they look are. like that. They look like and that. And then, and then there's nothing on them, of course. And and I, I draw a, I draw. A, I don't know if people think they're printed, but I draw a birthday cake on each one, with 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 dynamite candles, uh, on the front, and then I say happy birthday on the back oh and i usually sign the front as well just because i feel that people probably want autographs although i've never understood why but so i i i sign them and i, and I write a birthday cake on um so each one is individually scribbled they're, they're not printed on right i can now. confirm at purple people that they are blank they are absolutely right. blank sat there waiting to be dedicated to your good selves um, Vi- but- Vibes pointed out to me. He said, "Why are you sending people birthday cards with a miserable picture of you on the <laughs> front? Why aren't you sort of grinning or doing something loopy?" And I said, oh, "I don't know, really." He said, "Not very birthdayish, is it? Just you staring at him hatefully." Like, oh yeah, it's, it's probably a good point. Yeah, that well, that's kind of my fault, isn't it? Because I, I, I picked the image, late. didn't I? I've had them printed now. Yeah. Well, I could have used a different one for the birthday card of me doing something with more levity. Mm. But anyway, there well, we are. But then you'll you'll get through those. So maybe next year's will be a bit will be a bit happier. Yes, I'll wear a silly hat and there'll be bubbles. I won't. I look such a twat in a hat. I've never I've never found a hat that I could put on my head. It doesn't make me look like the biggest pillock on God's earth. I'm so pleased one. you've said that because I can't. Are you one of them? Yeah. I am one of them. 
I'd love, I would love to have, I've always wanted to be able to wear a cap and I can't. I look so stupid in caps. Especially up there in uh, Heckman Dwyer or wherever you are. Yeah, Home Firth, but yeah. Um, home Firth. Yeah, <laughs> uh, only because Heckman White is a little bit of an insult. But um, <laughs> apologies to any, actually, we, we've nobody listening from Heck, so we're, we're Oh, it's all the same to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that long ago you lived it's around here. It's up north. I've never been there. Yeah. I'll, I'll t- <laughs> ne- next time you're up here, I'll take you to Hickman Wyke and show you the error of your ways. Um, I don't need to take you to Hickman Wyke to show you the error of your ways. You could, no, have a, a... you could have a birthday card with you dressed as a squirrel. Yes, just outside Barnsley just out- or something. <laughs> Listen, I've got to start getting serious because I've got a virtual speed awareness course after we finish this, so I need to actually calm down and, and oh, be serious. Virtual so, uh, speed? What's that? Sherbet dib dabs? It's, <laughs> we said we'd get off the drugs topics because I keep All having right. to edit sorry. episodes. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, Purple People, uh, thank you very much for your support. Um, and we'll we'll wrap this because this is getting bizarre again. We'll wrap this and we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yes, stay purple. Be safe. Yeah, be safe. Drive be fast. Purple. All of that. Yes. Well, then that got me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, H. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>